0: Show the people the power of His works. The work of His hands are faithfulness and justice. All of His commandments are sure. O oh God, may the words of My lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable. Only one of God. But Jesus rebuked them, saying, Be silent and come out of him. The unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. Beloved, this week and next week, our lectionary gives two different accounts, both from the first chapter of Mark's Gospel, where Jesus exercises power over demons. Scripture tells us even the demons are subject to his authority. My question for us this morning, do we live our lives as if this is true? Do we live our lives as if Jesus has the power to cast out demons? Or do we lie awake, worrying about all the things we think we can control or manipulate into success? Do we watch the news anxiously wondering what's next, and turning it off in utter disgust? When we see fewer and fewer people attending church services, do we presume in utter despair that perhaps the kingdom of God might never show up, not here, not anywhere? Let's start with ourselves first. I ask us, the faithful gathered here this morning, what are the demons that keep you awake at night? What are the questions and concerns that plague you at 3 a.m.? What keeps you from loving God more deeply? And if I ask, if I may, ask one more question brought these things to God, these things that are preventing us from divine intimacy. What does God think about it? It might sound simple, but so often we never invite God into our personal drama. We assume God is a far-off, absent father or mother who doesn't really care about us. We think the good news of Jesus Christ is simply too good to be true, so we never try it all in size. We presume Jesus meant all of those things for someone else. That nice guy down the street. That nice lady at the grocery store. Newsflash. He meant it for you, for each of you, for all of us. Jesus is inviting us into abundant life. All we have to do is invite him into the dramas and traumas of life. And it need not be grand or dramatic event for which we invite Jesus into our lives. It can indeed be the smallest thing. For example, Jesus, if this red light does not change, I'm going to scream. (laughs) Jesus, if my grandchild doesn't get into that summer program, I don't know what we're going to do. Jesus, if we don't have enough volunteers for this event, it's not going to happen. Bring it all to Jesus. See what he has to say about your life. Secondly, I ask this question, what are the demons that plague our country? And no, this is not the moment when we get to insert our least favorite political figure of the week, nor is it the moment that our favorite political figure becomes the new Messiah. It is the moment of sermon where we examine our country's history. For example, the way that child slavery was among the most brutal forms of slavery in this world has ever known. We never paid reparations to the slaves, instead, we paid reparations to the slaveholders. And we continue to be perplexed when we experience deep issues of systemic racism. There are some good organizations working against this reality. Equal Justice Initiative, founded by Bryan Stevenson, and the Whitney Plantation, a museum in Louisiana, entirely focused on the institution of slavery. What does Jesus think about our issues of racial exclusion? Have we asked Jesus to guide us into holy living as a nation? We also could examine how this country sought farm workers from Mexico during World War II, in a program called the Braceros Program. As people went to bravely serve this country in World War II, Mexican people were brought to farm museums. When the war ended and their service was no longer required, they made the workers undocumented overnight. We don't hear these stories when we debate the needs for immigration reform. Instead, we demonize immigrants, making them the bad omnibus, in the hopes that once immigrants leave, all of our problems will simply evaporate. The factory jobs that people seek will return overnight, and the Rust Belt will once again experience prosperity. I hear the anger that leads to the scapegoating of immigrants. But if I've learned anything from my work with immigrants and refugees, I've discovered that as a people, we must wrestle with our own history. Resurrection. Secondly, according to some recent reports cited by Canon Chuck Robertson, Canon to the presiding bishop for ministries outside the Episcopal Church, the numbers of people attending evangelical churches has actually begun to slightly decline. And some Episcopal churches and dioceses are growing. It's not a competition, but I think we're doing something want the church to live. It's up to us. Ministries that you are all carrying out in the local prisons and the feeding program in Boston are exactly the type of missional engagement that will change people's minds about church. Again, what does Jesus say to us? Have we invited Jesus into the heart of our struggle to discern where Jesus is leading us? Now this might not be true in Massachusetts, but in New Jersey, the church is seen often as a woman-beating, gay and transgender-excluding, super-self-focused reality. We, as the Episcopal Church, offer a profoundly different branch of Christianity, and people are starving for the truth we proclaim. Your engagement out in the world has the opportunities to transform lives, to transform trauma into grace, and to heal people who presumed they were beyond healing. Jesus has power over demons, but so often we settle for a nice, happy Jesus who simply smiles at us all day long from a lovely picture about Grandma's fireplace. Now, I love Grandma's fireplace, but Jesus is so much more than that. I challenge us today to invite Jesus into the muck of our lives. Bring him to your hurt, your pain, your frustrations. No matter how silly and inconsequential it might seem, invite Jesus into your life. Take Jesus and his word. His grace pours into your life. And if you struggle amidst this process, which, if you're anything like me, struggle will come. There are so many more resources to help you along the way. Retreat centers, meetings with clergy, spiritual readings, spiritual directors, all committed to helping us grow in the love of God, Christ Jesus. I believe in the profound possibility that Jesus wants to be involved in your life. And this involvement can change our lives and transform our broken world into the very kingdom of God. And it's up to us. One final point. Just before I came here, I received a phone call from a parishioner and her friend who cared deeply about a seventh grade boy named Osama. He is a refugee from Syria. And after unspeakable tragedy and triumph, he and his family were given an incredible gift of coming to the United States through our refugee resettlement program. He now lives in Springfield, Massachusetts, and is struggling in the school system there. The war seriously disrupted his schooling. Not to mention his migration. As he's far beyond behind his grade level. Many good people are working to enroll him in a boarding school for high school. But he needs one year in a good school system to catch up on Volunteers are looking for a family in Massachusetts that won't mind one more kid as part of the family for one year. If you know of someone, let me know. I do believe these are the moments when the Kingdom of God invites us to be co-builders with the divine so that we might create communities of tension such that God will recognize I'm here today preaching to all of you because your rector saw something in me that I could not see in myself, invited me to be pastoral care picked me up off the metaphorical and literal floor, and said, Where you've been is not where you're going. Come with me, for while the journey is long, I'm with you. We have one another. We have Jesus in our corner. There is work to be done. Let us begin together.
1: church. your will for them be fulfilled and we pray that we may share
2: Why oh God. And a lot of food and yummy things, as well as their wonderful art. So, love it you come. Thank you. And then, one more programmatic announcement. The youth group today is heading out to Lowell, the Living Water Center of Hope. The few times that we walked, uh, the youth walked from here to the city of Lowell, we stay at St. Anne's Church. And next to St. Anne's Church is a place called Living Water Center for Hope. It's an amazing place. That we're give you more detail, essentially it's a community of people who live on the street, but it's a place where they can go in and have time in a nice cafe with arts and crafts and community. They are having a fundraiser, they're charging $20 for a ceramic bowl that they have made and they will give us some soups to sample and we'll just have time to socialize with them for a while. There are a couple cars and of youth going up. If anyone else wants to join us, just look up um, Anytime between 11 and 3. Noon and 3. Um, and bring $20. Uh, it's just an amazing ministry to interact with. So I invite everyone to that. There will be healing prayer right over here in this transept during communion and immediately following for anyone who would like to prayer for whatever is on your part today. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us to thanks to the Lord
3: our
2: God. It is right to give God thanks to the Lord. It is right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you. Out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord took us Christ to bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance
3: of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine
2: And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, And drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the New Covenant, which is shed for you and for all, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming. And we offer our sacrifice, praise with thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacraments of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son and his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, Put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say,
3: Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this stay our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we us
2: Uh price for our Passover is sacrificed to